Well, you know what Adam said, right? It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> Some of you are just tuning in. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Uh, if you're in the in the the chapel, I understand the chapel's full. God bless you guys. Thank you for understanding and thank you for being here and being there. Thank you if you're watching online. Uh, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter nine verses six and seven. One of the uh, most amazing passages in all the Bible to remind us of the greatest gift that we've been given. And I, I just start off by saying thank you. Thank you for taking time to make Jesus a priority for your family, for your children. And I, and I know some of you are here under duress. I promise you one hour you're going to be out of here. But, but you really understand that this is what Christmas is about. I know we live in a culture that makes fun of Christianity, makes fun of the Gospels, makes fun of Jesus. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you'll check the story out, you will find it to be true. And this is, this is simply my challenge. I beg people not to go to hell based on what a professor told you, but to check out what God said and figure out how to go to heaven. And that's, that's what we're all about here at Tomoka Christian Church. So the, the greatest gift that was ever given, we've, you know, we've gotten a lot of gifts through the years, and you look at those gifts and they look so amazing. And in six months, I'll buy them down at the thrift store from you for two bucks because they don't hold value. Nothing holds value. And if you look at what happened recently in Kentucky, uh, even if it holds value, you may not have it tomorrow. You just never really know, do you? And so I'm so grateful that you made this a priority in your schedule. Back in the 60s, CBS came to Charles Schultz, who had the long-running Peanuts cartoons. That was back in the newspaper. Some of you aren't old enough to know about newspapers, but there used to be comics in the newspaper, and on the weekends they were in color. Can I get an amen? All right. it, it was craziness, right? Uh, it, was, it was all we had to do. It was a different world. CBS came to Charles Schultz, and they said, we want you to do a Christmas special. He said, great. Wrote it, handed them the script, and the CBS executive said, we're not going to have that Jesus stuff in the program. Now, this is in the 60s. And if you'll remember, there's a spot where Linus walks up on stage and Linus quotes Luke chapter 2 and tells the whole story of Jesus. And he said, you asked me to write a Christmas story. That is the Christmas story. And they're like, no, we, want you, we like the Christmas tree thing and all that, but we just don't want you to tell that Jesus stuff. So they had another meeting. They came back and they said, okay, we strongly recommend that you take that out of the script. Charles Schultz said, if you want me and you want peanuts, you get Jesus in Christmas. And how many millions of people have heard the story of Jesus, the real story of Christmas, because of that cartoon that was put together in the 1960s because there was a Christian who was not going to be intimidated even by the media, even by the powerful people at CBS. I mean, that's just, I just think that's a, a tremendous story about faith and knowing the power of the medium. And to think about how many people have heard the real story of Christmas, maybe totally by accident, while watching A Peanuts Christmas. 
Crazy story. Stand with me out of respect for God's Word. We'll take a look at Isaiah's words. This was written 740, 750 years before Jesus. And he tells us exactly what to expect when Jesus comes. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Hang on to that. You can be seated. What an incredible passage. And again, don't be bullied by people in our culture. There are at least 2 billion, 3 billion people around the world right now celebrating the same story of Jesus that you're celebrating. Because they know the story's true. They know it's historically accurate. They know that the archaeology backs it up. And again, I beg you to check out the facts for yourself. But it starts off with a simple story about a son being given. Now, if you think about it, God overthrew the Roman Empire with a baby. All the armies of the world that had tried to overthrow Rome and nobody could figure out how to do it. God sent a baby. And that baby that stepped into time would overcome all other Governments, A son will be given. So 700 years before Jesus shows up, everybody knew that the Messiah would be what? The baby. Wasn't it nice when the baby even cried for you during the service? Yeah. That was, that was a bonus. All right. We don't know if we can pull that off every service. But um, Isaiah 7.14 says he'll be born of a virgin. He'll be born in Bethlehem. That's in Micah. But... A son will be given. It's interesting that Jesus uses the phrase of himself. He calls himself throughout the, the, the um, biographies of himself, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He uses the phrase son of man. It's interesting. Why does he call himself the son of man? Well, anybody watching the story knows he's the son of God. We're watching people raised from the dead. We're watching blind people receive their sight. We're watching deaf people get their hearing back. We're watching sick people recover. We're watching all these miracles. Everybody knows he's the Son of God, but it's the Son of Man part of this. It's the fact that Jesus was born as a man. God became flesh, qualifying him as the perfect man to be the sacrifice for all of our sins. It says in Mark, John 3, let's start there, John 3. Just as Moses was lifted up, lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto me. That's what you're doing right now. Just by the fact that you said, I've got to get to church. I've got to go and celebrate what Christmas is truly all about. Just the fact that you came helps elevate Jesus. It helps elevate the status of the story. It helps you have credibility when you're talking with your own family and your friends about what Christmas 
really is. And when somebody says, what did you do for Christmas? I hope that somehow this will be included in that conversation. And then in Luke's gospel, Jesus says of himself, he said, the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. The reason God became a man was not to throw us into a guilt trip. He came to do what? To hunt you down, to hunt me down, and to save us. Now listen to me. We're very simple here at Tomoka Christian. We have one goal, and that is to get people to know Jesus. And maybe you're in the chapel, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're at home, maybe you won't watch this for two or three days yet. I don't know that. But if one person, if I have to wear this ridiculous suit for the rest of my life for one person to find Jesus, it's well worth it. That's the point of what we do. That's, that's why we're here. That's why Jesus came. Not so you and I could feel good. Not so we say, okay, the guilt's off. I can now go home and have my own Christmas. That's great. We want you to do that. But I want you to know that the message is that Jesus came to rescue you and to throw heaven open for us. But it also, besides the fact that he is the son of man, he also comes with this incredible name list. The name that's above every name. Did you see that? I don't know what you need right now. Do you need wonderful? Do you need the counselor? Do you need the mighty God? Do you need the everlasting father? Do you, do you, do you need the prince of peace? My guess is we probably all need every aspect of that on a regular basis. But the point is that when this Jesus comes, he will be the name that's above every name. Now listen to me. He, that means one name. Acts 4.12 said there's only one name under heaven by which we must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. See, that bothers people. Because like, well, that's, that's, that's not inclusive. It's very inclusive. Anybody can come. There's just one way in. There's just one door. You know, anybody can ride my truck, but there's just two doors. There's only two doors to get in. You can, you can argue with me all you want, but you really got to get in one of the doors. Jesus is the doorway to heaven. And his name is above all the others. He trumps Buddha. He trumps Muhammad. He trumps Confession, he, Confucius. He trumps Abraham. He trumps Moses. There is only one name, and he will be called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Nobody comes close to that. And they knew what to look for. So when Jesus comes into the world, they knew what to expect. Now, if you come here regularly, you know that I usually do this at just about every service. But Richard Dawkins is one of the leading evolutionists of our time. And this is the quote that I chose for Christmas. All right, this is what he wrote. Evolution has been observed. It's just that it hasn't been observed while it was happening. Now, I don't have a Ph.D. in science, but I'm telling you that quote is absolutely ridiculous. Now, let me tell you about your Jesus. Jesus did it live. 
It wasn't, wasn't anything that you have to guess about. There's no, there's nothing was pre-recorded. There was no taping of the event. Jesus walked on to life stage and he lived the story out publicly so everybody could hear about it, read about it, write about it. And 2,000 years later, we're here to celebrate. And Philippians 2 says, at that name, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What an incredible passage. But then we get to what I think is the best part. It says that Isaiah prophesied that the time's going to come when Jesus will control the government. He'll control all aspects. He will be supreme over all. Daniel talks about it. You go back in the book of Daniel, and Daniel is going through the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire. But then he says... Out of the Roman Empire, there will come another one. Here's what he says, verse 44 of chapter 2. It says, In that time of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. Let me explain. Daniel lives in Persia, ancient Persia, modern Iran. And the Persians were known for two things, killing people and throwing parties. And they were good at both. But the Persians would have parties that would last six months, a year. They didn't throw like an evening party. Literally, they would have a party for six months and the king would pay for it. Of course, he got the, stole it from some other kingdom. But there would be a party for six months and everybody would, everybody would be living large. It's in that context that Daniel says, there's a party coming that God's throwing. John talks about it in Revelation. He says, it will be a feast. Now, heaven, heaven has become so, I don't know, our culture's done a number on it. Harps, clouds, you know, angels, whatever. But the truth is, we'll be in a spiritual bodies, we'll be living life, we'll be celebrating with God, we'll be doing and seeing things that we can't even imagine in the dimension that we live in now. But what Daniel says is, the kingdom of God that we get to step into because of Jesus, because of this child that was born, is a party that will go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Endeavor. That's good news, isn't it? That's a party that I'd like to be. See, the Persians thought they had party down. And he, Daniel said, no. He said, there's one coming that's going to throw party into a whole new direction. Now, look, here's my bridge. When, uh, when you go home, whether you do your presents tonight or tomorrow, whenever, I'm going to challenge dads first. Dads, I'm going to challenge you to step up. If dad won't, mom, okay? But read the Christmas story before you get into the chaos. Uh, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, or just read Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. But just read that verse. Let, let, me, let me tell you about a buddy of mine, a very longtime member here at this church. He died Thanksgiving Day. And <clears throat> nobody knew this, but last Christmas, at their Christmas, family Christmas time, Dad read the Christmas story and the daughter recorded dad reading that Christmas story. And that's what they'll be doing tomorrow 
is listening to their dad retell the story of Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that a good story? All right. Now look, dad if, dad, if dad doesn't want to, mom, but our kids need to see that we are leading the way. If we expect them to follow, then we've got to step up and we've got to lead. I want to finish with this story. Uh, Alistair Begg is one of the great preachers of our time. If you've not, you want to listen to a good preaching, uh, go, to, go listen to Alistair Begg. He's a Scottish guy. Uh, he's worth listening to just for his accent. Uh, but um, amazingly faithful man to the Word of God. And he tells this story <clears throat> about the thief on the cross. And he says, I want you to imagine that it's all over. They've all died. And they get to heaven. And the people standing there meet the thief. And they say, what are you doing here? We never saw you in a Bible study ever. He said, no, sir, I didn't have time. We never saw you in a prayer meeting. No, sir, I, I, I didn't. We never saw you help anybody, feed anybody. You didn't do anything. Why in the world do you think you're going to get into heaven? This is Alistair Begg. I love it. He said, the man on the middle cross said I could come. That's the story of Christmas. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. I thank you for this message of Christmas, <clears throat> that it comes around every year, and we don't know for sure when, what time of the year it was or what day it was, and it doesn't really matter. The good news is that you came. The good news is that you did fulfill the promises of Scripture. The good news is that you did pay the price on the cross. So we accept you as the Son of Man and the Son of God. We rejoice in what you have done for us, that you have the name that is above every name. And we thank you that you've invited us to a party. I beg everyone listening, don't miss the party because of what somebody else said. In Jesus' name.